Welcome to Future of Journalism, a podcast from the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism. I'm Federica Cherubini, the Head of Leadership Development at the Institute. In this episode today, we'll dig into the topic of trust in news. Our guests will help us define the problem and answer questions like why trust is eroding and what can be done about it. And we look at some of the trade-offs that news organizations face when trying to regain trust and retain it. Our guests today are Benjamin Toff and Camilla Montalverne. Ben is a senior research fellow at the Institute and leads the Trust in News project. And Camilla is a postdoctoral research fellow. Ben and Camilla are two of the authors of What We Think We Know and What We Want to Know, Perspective on Trust in News in a Changing World, a newly published report that's part of the Trust in News project and that you can find on the Reuters Institute website. Ben, Camilla, welcome, and thank you for being with us today. Great to be here. Hello, thank you. Trust in news has eroded worldwide, and according to the Institute Annual Digital News Report, fewer than four in 10 people across 40 markets say that they typically trust most news most of the time. You're working on a three years project dedicated to look um, at questions like why is trust eroding? Um, how does it play out across different countries and contexts and groups? And what are the implications and what might be done about it? Ben, can you tell us more about the project overall and what you set out to investigate? Sure. So, um, you know, Trust and News is a, a complex um, series of, of challenges, really, um, that uh, has been studied to to great extent, um, primarily in places like the United States and, and a handful of other countries. Our focus uh, is much more international. We, we are focusing specifically on the US, the UK, as well as Brazil and India, um, two countries that have um, received much less attention uh, when it comes to subject like this. Um, so our, we're, we're hoping to gather um, a lot more data uh, from the audience perspective about um, sort of how people think about these issues, think about the news organizations that they um, are, you know, have access to uh, within their countries, and then hopefully gather some data as well on, on what can actually be done about it to change people's uh, trust in, in the organizations that they um, that they they uh, you know read or, or watch or listen to. Um, a lot of the um, you know, one of, one of the major challenges that, that uh, we heard from talking to the, the journalists and, and news organizations that we talked to for this report uh, is that there's just not a lot of data about what works and what doesn't work when it comes to um, different efforts to uh, address these issues. So that's the other thing that we're really hoping to do with this project is gather some empirical data about um, what, what might be done about some of the challenges that are um, sort of chronic and ongoing. Thank you. Um, Camilla, amongst the things you list as the four basic insights um, identified in previous academic research on trust in news, as well as by practitioners you interviewed, um, you've wrote that there is no single trust in news problem, but rather a multiple um, challenges involving both the supply of news and the demand for information. Can you explain to our audience what does it mean? Sure. Yeah, the, the issue is that when we talk about trust in news, we need to define a lot of things. 
for example, what is meant by trust, uh, whose trust we are talking about, and what news, since people have different ideas about how journalism works, and sometimes these, these ideas can be a little bit conflicting to what they expect from it, and the notions about the, the reality and what is happening in the world also changes. So we need to define those things when we are talking about trusting news to make it sure that we have a, an approach that, that is actually going to be useful for coping with the problems we, are, we, we found. Because when we are when we are seeking to to retain trusting news or even to build it, uh, we need to be also ex specific about what we want to achieve, and we have to base our work in in some evidence. Because we have sometimes uh, most of the the initiatives tend to be tend to be based on intuition. And this, this is not going to work to every audience or to every, in, in every case, in every country. So that's the, the reason why we need to, to cope with a more complex trusting news problem than one single one. And Ben, another insight that you highlight is that the public understanding of news gathering and verification practices is persistently low. What does this mean um, for the issue of trust? Yeah, so one of the things that we heard quite uh, frequently from journalists and, and senior managers in newsrooms that we talked to for this report um, were a lot of efforts around, um, you know, communicating with their audiences about their newsroom standards, journalistic pra practices, um, emphasizing, um, you know, their conflicts of interest policy or their corrections policy, various policies around the way that, the, that they collect news and, and confirm information. And um, unfortunately, most of the public, we, we know from a lot of existing research, most of the public does not understand very much at all about news gathering practices, much less um, the details uh, along these lines. And so if we, we want to, if, if what we you know, from a normative perspective of what we think is important is for audiences to um, discern and differentiate between different news sources available to them on the basis of the quality of that information or the, the rigor of the reporting. Um, you know, we, we'd hope that they'd, they'd be able to uh, know a little bit more about what, what's actually going on behind the scenes. And basically, we, we know that that doesn't really happen. That people just don't have, uh, you know, their, their basis of knowledge about um, what what goes on in terms of journalism and reporting information is, is really, really low. And that's most of our understanding about that is based on, uh, again, a handful of countries. Um, and so we, we really know very little at all about how this plays out in places like um, India, especially, as well as Brazil. And so, um, you know, I think that's a, a starting point for this project is, um, <clears throat> you know, for, for, for news organizations for whom uh, this is a, a core part of their strategy around addressing trust. Um, they have to uh, really be more cognizant of the fact that, that, that people are starting from a, uh, a place where they really just don't have very much understanding about what goes into um, what differentiates their source from, uh, you know, all the other information that they might be seeing in their social media feeds, for instance. 
And somehow, like related to this, Camilla, several interviewees uh, in your report also highlighted that they say that they saw as news organization um, past failings in reflecting the voices and, and the perspective of, of the communities they, they seek to serve. Um, what do you find out about this? We found out that many, many of, the, of the news organizations, they are trying to address this distrust by having some engagement initiatives or even acknowledging that they made some mistakes in the past. But we have two, two things there. The first one is that this seems to, to be more the case in the UK and in, in the US. This is not something that, that appeared so much in Brazil or India. And also that we have a, also a possibility that some of the, the editors and journalists we talked to also highlighted that when we focus in some communities, we, uh, they can also alienate others. So when, we, when you try to, to make it better, to, to some communities that have been ignored uh, around the, these years, you are also facing a risk that other parts of the audience are going to feel that they are not being, uh, they are, do not receive the same space or they, they are not part of that coverage. So we also have to, to consider that there is a risk of doing some things that look good and, and feel good, but they they can, they could also lead to some wasted efforts. So that's that's why it's important to also base our actions in evidence. Since when we see what works and what doesn't work, we can have a more direct approach to to the problems. And, and these two aspects that you 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 talk about um, the, the the lack of reflecting voices and 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 the problem that come with we're trying to address it, um, as much as the 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 low uh, understanding of what works behind the scene is then also complicated by other factors. For example, um, we know that the levels of trust in news and and politics are deeply intertwined. Um, ben, can you explain to us briefly how that relationship works? Sure. So we know that, um, you know, aside from the kinds of issues that Camilla was just talking about, um, you know, lack of diversity in newsroom leadership, um, often issues in the coverage itself and the way that certain communities are covered or, or not covered at all. Um, you know, th there's one of the things that, that is this, the strongest correlation um, in, in many countries has to do with partisanship. Um, if you take the U.S., for example, um, <clears throat> we've long known that uh, just as there's this sort of uh, widespread um, critique that's been around for a long time of the, the liberal media uh, among those on the right, trust in news is uh, lowest by far among um, conservative members of the audience. Um, and, you know, th this, this is uh, this kind of a dynamic, although it plays out differently in different countries, um, is a, a really strong predictor of um, people's attitudes about news media. In the UK, uh, trust in news is lower um, on the left than it is on the right. And so we know that there's not only that, tr that politics is a really important factor here, but that it does uh, you know, play out somewhat differently from country to country, depending on the, the political dynamics within that country and the media environment itself. 
Um, so right now we look at the things that um, we think we know um, as, as part of the report, um, but the report is called uh, also what we want to know. Um, ben, can you tell us more about um, how you're going to, what are the things that we still don't know that you're going to set out to um, investigate in your, in your project? Sure. So, um, as you said, the, the report has these two main sections and, and a big goal of ours in putting together this report and, and doing the interviews that we did with uh, journalists and senior managers in newsrooms was to both identify those things we know and, and hopefully coalesce around a few um, key questions about uh, what we want to know for the rest of the project. And um, the, I think chief among those is a question about the role of the platform companies, Facebook, Google, Uh, Apple News, et cetera, that are, are increasingly really central to the way that um, many people discover and engage uh, and interact with, with news media brands. Um, a number of journalists that we talk to uh, and, and, um, and a number of people more generally are really concerned about the, the role that those platform companies may be playing in contributing to these problems around trust it's very hard for news organizations to really um, communicate their brand identity to individuals who might just be scrolling through their newsfeed and, and only really interacting with a particular brand um, on the occasion that they might click on something. And, uh, and we know from past research that people often don't even recognize or remember what brands that they actually um, clicked on. Um, and so this is one of the, the key questions that we're going to be looking at is trying to get a better handle on um, what impact Uh, these platform companies might be playing in contributing to these um, set of challenges. Thank you. Um, and Camilla, in the report, you also talk about um, the role of transparency as one of the things you, you want to focus on. Um, how important is transparency in regaining um, trust and news um, as far as, as, as you found out? I think uh, in, in several interviews, we saw that the journalists also also highlight the importance of having of being looking like real people who who are re relatable, and they are not the and that they are not those distance those distance media figures that we we only see sometimes in the TV or hearing the radio on the radio, so. One of the things that, that that is important concerning transparency is this part of connecting to the to the journalists, connecting to people who are uh, who are with the audience, and the audience knowing who is going to who is producing those news and is offering those information to them. Also. Another thing that that also appears to be to be important is that they they have some connections to to the audience in social media and they are open to to receive input from from the audience or even allow the the journalists in the right place to to position themselves and present what they think about the matters in the world. And there, but on the other side, there is also a kind of, of concern about what are the risks that transparency can also bring. Because when you, when you, you for example, uh, let let people know how you produce the some content or how you produce the news, you are also opening a space for criticism and something that can also undermine the the 
the trusting news. So we have these two, this two, these two sides that you have to balance. But in general, the, the journalists and editors were very vocal in saying that there is a benefit from of being transparent and also being more close to the audience. Thank you very much. And Ben and Camilla, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for having us. Our guests today were Benjamin Toff and Camilla Montalven, two of the authors of the report, What We Think We Know and What We Want to Know, Perspective on Trust in News in a Changing World, which you can find on the Reuters Institute website. Um, and you can download a PDF uh, version for free. Make sure to follow our podcast channel on Spotify or Apple Podcast so you don't miss the next episode. And if you don't want to miss any news from the Institute, subscribe to our weekly newsletter by clicking the link on our Twitter bio or on our homepage. Thank you for listening to The Future of Journalism. I'm Federica Cherubini. We'll be back soon.